7.32. So are you spending numerous sleepless nights already featuring you versus mosquitoes? What about when mosquito bites are far more than just an annoyance, though, uh, an irritating sound in the ear, a, a source of itching and, and pain? As the Career Centres for Disease Control and Prevention have reported, as of June 30th, the number one infectious disease caught while travelling overseas was dengue fever, followed by measles. And we're not even free from the danger if we stay at home. Let's bring in Professor Ok Sarashin from Korea University College of Medicine. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So summer travel, it can prompt a spike in measles cases. There's been an upward trend globally, uh, US and Europe, fewer people getting vaccinated, raising the risk. Can you explain a bit further, though, uh, why we're seeing so many infections, why it's so highly infectious, and perhaps also some good prevention methods? Yes, um, so measles is an airborne virus that is easily spread through coughing and sneezing. So that's why it's very highly contagious. Um, But fortunately, there has been a very uh, effective vaccine against measles for a while, and it can be avoided for life uh, with just two um, measles, mumps, rubella, MMR vaccine shots when you are given uh, very early in your lifetime. And the problem is, of course, there was a, a, a number of scandals or alleged scandals and fake news reports right. and outlandish claims, whatever you want to call them, that su- suggested right. there was a link between those vaccines and, and autism, uh, among other claims. Um, and, and that seems to have put parents off. And, and sadly, we've seen a, a spike of measles cases. The other one that I mentioned before was dengue fever. Uh, This is a virus that uh, was actually detected in mosquito samples collected from Incheon, Yongjongno area. That's around the airport. That's concerning, isn't it? How worried should we be about that? So uh, in the past, you know, dengue fever was usually carried out by people who returned to Korea after traveling um, in South Asia. Now, uh, given that virus was detected in the mosquitoes in Korea, uh, it means that Korea is no longer a safe zone for these dengue uh, diseases. And it is very likely that the incidence of dengue will increase since our climate is becoming somewhat subtropical, which is similar to Southeast Asia. um, And that's a perfect place for mosquitoes. What are some of the symptoms we'd need to look out for of dengue fever? Um, so dengue fever is usually, um, so when you have dengue fever for the first time, the symptoms are usually uh, carried out by fever um, and some uh, symptoms um, similar to uh, having cold or having flu. But when you have a fever, a dengue fever, when you're exposed to dengue for the second time, then the symptoms get severe um, and it can lead to um, um like a uh, uh, coma and some confusions and headaches. Um, and it can actually uh, have you um, be in a uh, very severe conditions. The Philippines um, actually mm. declared recently a national emergency. There were a record-breaking 106,630 cases of dengue fever since January. Mm. That, that would automatically concern people who might be planning to make a trip there or nearby Southeast Asian countries, should potential travellers be worried? Yes, um, if the travellers who go to tropical or subtropical regions 
are at risk of uh, getting dengue or other mosquito-borne diseases. So um, you should take precautionary measures to prevent from these mosquito bites, um, such as you can try to cover exposed skin by wearing long-sleeved shirts or pants and use an appropriate um, insect repellent as directed. But there's no medication for the disease or or cure or, or even vaccination for dengue fever? Right. There's no uh, FDA-approved vaccine for dengue or uh, medicine uh, yet to treat dengue infections. So so how is it treated? Is, is it just about trying to control the symptoms and, and ensure that people keep their strength up? Right. Um, so, uh, like I said, if you have the dengue for the first time, then the symptoms are mostly like uh, flu-like symptoms. Uh, so... Yeah. Um, you can have pain relievers such as Tylenol, but avoid the medicine like aspirin, which could worsen bleeding. Uh, but if the fever continues, then definitely see your doctor. Another mosquito-related disease that we often hear about is Japanese encephalitis. Back in April, the uh, government announced they'd found the mosquito, which is responsible for passing this. Um, and... That was around Jeju Island. This is a serious disease that may cause death. It, it has a vaccine. Can you tell us more about the disease, its symptoms, and more about the vaccine as well? Should everyone be taking it? So, uh, Japanese encephalitis is a disease um, spread through mosquito bites, and the symptoms usually um, take about uh, 7 to 15 days to develop and include fever, headaches, uh, confusion, um, and vomiting. And but uh, it can also include uh, swellings in the brain, and can lead you to coma and um, somewhat, uh, in some cases, death. Um, our government has been running a national mandatory uh, Japanese encephalitis vaccine program for children. Um, so, but if you are 40 at and, and at risk of getting infections, uh, such as traveling extensively in rural areas, then um, we definitely recommend you to get the, the booster shot. So many mosquito-related issues, and if we can mm-hmm. try our best, aside from vaccinations and shots, to basically prevent ourselves from being bitten in the first place, uh, sleeping with nets, I guess, uh, t- trying to, like you said, cover up the, sl- the sleeves, maybe that mm-hmm. will just help limit the, the options. Um, but there's one more mosquito-borne virus I wanted to ask you about that we heard a lot about during the 2016 Rio Olympics. Um, th- this was the Zika virus, which can be passed from a pregnant woman to a fetus, uh, which made it all the more concerning. Are there any precautionary measures we should still be thinking about with regard to Zika? Yeah, uh, we do see a drop in Zika cases globally since last year, but um, there's no doubt that Zika will continue to be a potential risk uh, in many countries. Um, such as uh, South America. Um, if you're a traveler to these Zika endemic areas uh, who are trying to get pregnant or if your partner is trying to get pregnant, then you may want to wait um, two months before you're tr- um, trying to conceive um, if you travel to these high-risk areas. The um, mosquito issues are wide and far but they are certainly not the only things to worry about we have for example 
ticks. Ticks can be really hard to spot. Uh, they can hide in long grass. They're a threat to pets as well as human beings. And one of the really unfortunate and rather tragic conditions that we sometimes hear about over the summer months is SFTS, severe fever with thrombocytopenia syndrome. Uh, that's quite a mouthful. What exactly is that? Uh, it's a tick-borne viral um, hemorrhagic fever um, that has emerged in uh, rural areas of China and uh, Japan and Korea. And the problem with this disease is that the fatality rate among the elderly are very high, and um, there's no vaccines or treatments yet. So, yeah, that's the problem. And um, detecting the tick bites could be very tricky. Um, so unlike the bites of mosquitoes or other insects, you know, tick bites uh, do not tend to cause itching or immediate skin irritations. And once attached to your skin, uh, tick will stay there for, for, for a while and slowly gorging itself on your blood before tra- dropping off on its own. Um, so if you find a tick on your body, um, you would want to remove it as soon as possible. Right. Um, and I, I understand even just removing it is yeah. not as necessarily mm-hmm. as simple as just pulling it off because they can leave uh, part of their, I'll call them pincers for want of a better word, uh, inside your, your skin. Um, so it's mm-hmm. a delicate process. I, I just want to clarify, though, you said the threat is mostly to the elderly. It's been on my mind, even just going to parks in Seoul, that when I'm lying in in longer grass, I, I sometimes think back to those cases. But for younger adults and uh, for children uh, and, and for the kind of Seoul park environment, is it generally less of a risk? Um, no, we, we wouldn't say the less of risk um, because the ticks are, will be everywhere um, whenever you are in outdoors. Um, but um, somewhat the fertil- uh, fatality rate um, among the elderly are higher than the the younger, and uh, we are trying to figure out why that is, um, yeah. but it's probably due to, you know, less immuno, um, uh, immunostimulatory um, uh, functions uh, in the elderly. understand. It's just such a shame, yeah. though, because playing in the grass is one of the, one of the classic summer activities for a lot of young people, um, and, and they don't want to have this on their... Their minds. We'll have to see where we go with that research and possible vaccines. How do we distinguish a mite bite from a tick bite? Uh, well, so detecting tick bites could be very tricky, um, but because you know uh, tick bites do not usually tend to cause itching or immediate skin irritations. But um, if you find a tick on your skin and notice or notice itchy lesions um, that doesn't go away for a while, then um, that could also indicate um, a sign of Lyme disease uh, or some kind of um, other tick-borne infections. Uh, there's a whole range of things that we need to be careful of, including the way we prepare our food over the summer months. But uh, on on a more distant 
question, but one that we're seeing a lot in the news agenda at the moment. The World Health Organization has recently declared an Ebola outbreak in the Democratic Republic of Congo a public health emergency of international concern. Now, a few people may be heading to that part of the world this summer. Obviously, if you are, then it requires a higher level of caution than for most of us here in Korea. But but what exactly uh, is going on here um, and why this country again? We've seen an awful outbreak in the past, and actually numerous outbreaks. Yeah, uh, right. We had seen 2013 and 2016 outbreaks in West Africa before. And um, I, I think it's the similar factors that might have contributed to this outbreak in DRC. Um, there's still a fear and ignorance of the disease among people residing in remote areas of Africa. And there's also mistrust of foreign-run medical relief efforts. And um, there's just generally unrest, um, you know, that's um, given by these um, militia and poverty and despair since DRC has been an area of conflict for, for a very long time. Right. Well, it's, it's a great concern, an absolutely horrendous disease, as right. we've mentioned, I think, repeatedly on this show. Uh, we certainly wish that they are able to contain that and rid the world of that as soon as possible. There is a vaccine, and uh, and, that, and that's perhaps a, a great source of hope and reassurement at this moment in time. Professor Ok Shin from Korea University College of Medicine, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, thank you for having me.